Willkommen, bienvenue, and welcome to The Musical Man, the podcast that shines new light on the Tony Award for Best Musical. Each week we examine the nominees and winners of that esteemed decoration, and this week we'll be discussing Mean Girls. Don't be fooled by the pink, she is not playing dolls, she is stalking the halls for the thrill of the kill. Every person in school is aware of her stare, when she tosses her hair, they go perfectly still. All their eyes say, don't attack me, watch them sweat and pant and shake. Every food chain has its acme, Regina George eats steak. She's the queen of beasts, she can smell your But first, how are we doing? I hope this episode of The Musical Man finds you well. Patty is still on vacation. That means the boys are back in town, baby. It's me and Benny, Benny and I. Benny, come on, you gotta give me more than, more than you're giving me. All right, okay, so you're wriggling around like a spaghetti noodle. Okay, fine. (laughs) I thought I was going to get like a thumbs up, a classic Benny thumbs up, or a high five. I thought maybe we could do a Zoom high five, but no, you're doing, you know what you're doing. You're doing one of those wiggly balloon man arms. That's what you're doing. Okay, fine. Whatever. Stop it. You're still, (laughs) I require you. I demand that you stop. Okay, thank you very much. I don't have anything to talk about here in the opening segment, except for the fact that I have seen In the Heights, the movie. Yes, Chris and I went to go see that at the museum. Music box. It was the first movie I had seen in a theater since Pixar's Outward. Onward! <laughs> Not Outward. Onward is the name of that movie. And we saw that all the way back in 2020. We had not been in a movie theater since. It was a lot of fun. I will say the one thing that freaked me out about the In the Heights movie was the collection of mannequin heads in the beauty shop. What was going on with that choice? I... <laughs> I was so scared of them. They were making chittering sounds like bats. They were wriggling. They were straight up fucking haunted. Am I wrong? I don't think I'm wrong. (laughs) I don't think I'm the only person to be uh, unsettled is the word I think we should go with. I was unsettled by those goddamn mannequin heads. Otherwise, it was a wonderful time at the movie theater. Okay, I have nothing else to talk about here in the opening segment. Let's get to the show facts regarding Mean Girls. Show me the show facts regarding those Mean Girls. Okay, all right, here they are. They're coming at you. Mean Girls was a 2018 nominee for the Tony Award for Best Musical. Let's start there. Let's continue with this show fact. Why am I... Why am I adding extra commentary? The show opened on April 8th, 2018 at the August Wilson Theater and ran for 804 performances. The book was written by Tina Fey and it is based on the 2004 motion picture, which was directed by Mark Waters and co-written by Fey and Rosalind Wiseman. The film was inspired by Wiseman's 2002 self-help book, Queen Bees and Wannabes, helping your daughter survive clicks, gossip, 
Boyfriends and Other Realities of Adolescence. We will talk a bit more about this book in a second, but I should circle back to the original run. That 804 performance run of Mean Girls was interrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic, and it actually closed during that year and change and will not be returning to Broadway. I think that is the only Broadway musical that closed during the pandemic and is not currently scheduled to return. So that is unfortunate. I do feel bad for all those involved, all those jobs. My God, I hope everyone lands on their feet. I just wanted to say that. It struck me in the moment. Okay, so The Music of Mean Girls was written by Jeff Richmond. I do believe Jeff Richmond is Tina Fey's husband. I did not write that down, but that is also striking me as a true fact. The lyrics were written by Nell Benjamin. The director of the original production was Casey Nicola. The musical director was Mary Mitchell Campbell. Choreographer Casey Nicola, scenic design Scott Pask, with video designs by Finn Ross and Adam Young. Lighting design Kenneth Posner, sound design Brian Ronan, and costume design Greg Barnes. And the original Broadway cast included Erica Henningsen, Taylor Louderman of Bringing On the Musical Fame, hello Taylor, hello again, Ashley Park, Kate Rockwell, Carrie Butler, who we just discussed during our Turn It Off coverage of Bat Boy the Musical, but you would have also heard her during our main feed coverage of Xanadu, but we're not done yet. This cast includes Gray Henson, Cheech Manahar, Broadway debut, Kyle Selig, Barrett Wilbert Weed, and Rick Younger, Broadway debut. Congratulations to those Broadway debuts. Tony Nods, Mean Girls, was nominated for the following Tony Awards. Best Musical, of course, but also Best Book of a Musical, Tina Fey. Best Original Score, Jeff Richman and Nell Benjamin. Best Leading Actress in a Musical, Taylor Louderman. Best Featured Actor in a Musical, Gray Henson. Best Featured Actress in a Musical, Ashley Park. Best Choreography, Casey Nicola. Best Direction of a Musical, Casey Nicola. Best Orchestrations, John Clancy. Best Scenic Design, Scott Pask, Finn Ross, and Adam Young. Best Costume Design, Greg Barnes. And Best Sound Design, Brian Ronan. Twelve nominations, zero awards when all was said and done. How unfortunate. But what about the plot of Mean Girls? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Here is our plot summary for Mean Girls. Are you ready? When Katie Heron moves with her family from Kenya to Illinois, the transition is startling. Katie has always been a homeschool kid. She has no reference for public education, which makes it difficult to relate to her classmates. Professional outsiders Janice and Damien take Katie under their wing and explain how North Shore High School works. The plastics reside at the top of the food chain. Who are the plastics? The plastics are Gretchen, Karen, and their ferocious, fearless leader, Regina George. When Katie is invited to sit with the plastics during lunch, Janice and Damien encourage her to accept and report back on everything they say. Katie soon develops a crush on a guy named Aaron, who just so happens to be Regina's ex-boyfriend. Gretchen informs Katie that if she wants to hang out with the plastics, she has to stay far away from Regina's old flames. While visiting Regina's house, Katie is presented with the Burn Book. The plastics have spent years filling this book with all sorts of gossip, including some nasty rumors about Janice. According to Regina, she and Janice were once good friends, all of that fell apart when Janice was not invited to Regina's 
13th birthday party. In a private moment, Gretchen confesses that serving as Regina's number two is exhausting and depressing. Aaron and Katie begin to explore their feelings for each other, but there's a problem and it has nothing to do with Regina. Katie has been hiding her light under a bushel by pretending to be bad at math. She is selling herself short for the sake of a boy's affection. Oh, Katie. A Halloween party at Aaron's house proves disastrous when Gretchen tells Regina about Katie's crush on Aaron. Oh, Gretchen. Regina responds by making out with Aaron. Oh, Regina. Heartbroken and furious, Katie relays everything to Damien and Janice. They are all too familiar with Regina's wicked ways. In the sixth grade, Janice had to transfer to another school after Regina accused her of being a lesbian. Regina is a bad egg. Regina is rotten. Together, Katie, Damien, and Janice devise a series of plots, cons, traps, tricks, and schemes that will dethrone their nemesis once and for all. Their plan works to perfection, and Katie becomes the new leader of the Plastics. Act 2. Having become obsessed with her newly acquired status, Katie leans even harder into her plastic identity. She lies to Janice, claiming she will be out of town on the weekend of her friend's art show. In actuality, Gretchen and Karen have pressured Katie into throwing a house party. Katie gets way too drunk at said house party and tells Aaron she's only been pretending to be bad at math. Aaron dips. He can't hang. Janice and Damien arrive at Katie's house to call off their friendship, as it is clear Katie only cares about herself. In a truly depressing moment, Katie implies Janice is only upset because she is in love with her. Katie, my God, what have you become? P.S. Janice won first prize at the art show with a portrait of herself, Katie and Damien. You like that, Katie? You homophobic sociopath. Regina takes revenge on Katie by making copies of the Burn Book and circulating them around North Shore High. This results in a full-scale, literal riot, which subsequently inspires a school-wide therapy session. Janice uses the assembly as an opportunity to stand up for herself and every girl who has been made to feel like garbage, like trash. Regina leaves in a huff, followed closely by Katie. They start to argue. Their argument is cut short when Regina is hit by a school bus. Beep, beep, blam! Regina's accident serves as a wake-up call for Katie, who abandons her plastic persona to become a successful member of the Mathletes. She successfully manages to win Aaron's heart, makes up with Regina, Janice, and Damien, and is elected queen of the spring fling dance. But something doesn't feel right. In a demonstration of Al Pacino Irishman's solidarity, Katie breaks her crown into pieces and throws them to her fellow gal pals. We are all queens today, my friends. We we are all the girl bosses, etc. A note on casting, the roles of Katie's mom, Regina's mom, and North Shore teacher, Mrs. Norbury, are played by a single actress, in this case, Carrie Butler. I just wanted to make sure that you knew that. For the purposes of this week's episode, I did consider reading Rosalind Wiseman's Queen Bees and Wannabes, but time ran short and it did not seem especially important in the grand scheme of things. 
things, so I did not read that book, is what I'm trying to say to you. I did, however, take the time to transcribe every chapter title from the first edition because, in all honesty, I find them sort of funny. Chapter 1, Cliques and Popularity. Chapter 2, Passport for Planet Parent to Girl World, Communication and Reconnaissance. What a chapter title. Chapter 3, The Beauty Pageant. Who wants to be Miss Congeniality? Chapter 4, I believe it is Nasty Girls. Uh-oh, Nasty Girls. Teasing, Gossip, and Reputations. Chapter 5, Power Plays, Group Dynamics, and Rites of Passage. Chapter 6, Boy World, The Judges and the Judged. Chapter 7, Girl Meets Boy, Crushes, Matchmaking, and the Birth of Fruit Cup Girl. Whatever. Chapter 8, Pleasing Boys, Betraying Girls, When Relationships Get More Serious. Chapter 9, Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. And Chapter 10, Getting Help. It would appear non-straight, non-cisgender, disabled, and or neuroatypical girls do not exist in Weissman's girl world. From what I can tell, at least, the third edition of the book, which was published in 2016, makes room for a study of social media, but it does not appear to make room for non-straight, non-cisgender, disabled, and or neurotypical girls. Queen bees and wannabes should not be confused with masterminds and wingmen, helping our boys cope with schoolyard power, locker room tests, girlfriends, and the new rules of boy world. This was published in 2013, and I gotta say, regarding that title, Masterminds Really? Masterminds? That's how we're describing some teenage boys? I don't think so. Chapter titles from Masterminds and Wingmen include It's Time to Enter Boy World. Why Doesn't Batman Ever Smile? Six-Packing. Rage Against the Machine. And Video Killed the Radio Star. This book was published in 2013 as a reminder. Do not ask about non-straight, non-cis, disabled, or neuroatypical boys, as they most likely do not exist in boy world. Girls like boys. Boys like girls. That is it. End of list. Oh my goodness. So what did I engage with? I didn't read the book, but what did I engage with? I went back and I re-watched the 2004 motion picture, which I had not seen. Oh, in many a, in many a blue moon. Both the movie and musical prioritize straight white people above everyone else. Their voices are always in focus. Non-white, non-straight people, those voices fade in and out. They support, educate, activate, and or amuse, but only when required. Turn up the volume on Damien. We need some zazzy gay energy. All right, that's enough. I expected this from the movie. I did. I am used to comedies aging poorly, but for crying out loud, the musical premiered in 2018. Had we learned nothing in the intervening 14 years? More importantly, why was it so important for the casting of the musical to reflect that of the film? Because that was clearly a priority when developing this show. Did Katie have to be white on Broadway? Did Regina, Karen, Damien, and Aaron have to be white? Carrie Butler simply had to portray three different white women. Is the principal black because Tim Meadows played the principal in the movie? Should I feel a sense of relief knowing Kevin Napoor, a minor character who has almost no impact on the plot, is played by South Asian actors in both the movie and the musical? 
Oh, well, Janice is Lebanese. Yes, I am aware Janice is Lebanese. But she's only Lebanese because Lebanese sort of sounds like lesbian. It's really just a joke. I award no points. The only major split from the film in terms of casting is Ashley Park, who played Gretchen in the musical and is Korean. I believe this decision was made because it improved the optics of the show while making as few waves as possible. This is not to undercut Ashley Park's immense talent. She has an incredible amount of talent. But it does seem like we were approaching this with the attitude of, well, you know, the sidekick can be played by a woman of color, so long as Regina, the baseline definition of beauty, is white. The show talks a big game about how everyone is beautiful, but if these narratives always begin with white on top, we will never actually move forward. Look, we all know this blonde white girl is TNT Dynamite, but what about the variations on this standard template? Those are pretty cool too. Not exactly progressive when you word it like that. Mean Girls is all about disrupting unhealthy patterns, re-examining prejudices, and celebrating the diversity diversity of womanhood. Those are the themes. The musical is largely rejecting those themes from a production standpoint. What does that say? We could have created more opportunities for actors of color, sure, but doing so might have alienated fans of the movie. The fans expect Mean Girls to look a certain way, right? We can't upend those expectations. Look, if you're willing to wait, Aaron can be non-white for the national tour. He can be biracial, but uh, like light-skinned biracial. Would that make everyone happy? Look, the movie is bad. It's long and boring and racist. The quotes are played out, and we need to move on. We need to pack our bags and move on. But at least it has the guts to admit that wild, destructive cycles appear in every generation. Every generation also has the chance to break those cycles and do a little better than those who came before them. We strive for perfection while always falling short of it, etc. There is some level of nuance here, but the musical is not interested in nuance. When the musical ends, everyone is perfectly happy, and that happiness will expand ever outward, forever and always. That's all, folks. Hooray, go home. Ooh, it looks like I have even more notes about the movie, if you will allow me, so let's burn through those real quick. Amy Poehler, Rachel McAdams, Amanda Seyfried, and Anna Gosteyer are rock stars. We should have had more for Gosteyer to do. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Why are the black kids in the movie simultaneously mute and aggressive? They snort snarl so much. They are doing so much snarling and growling. Very unsettling. Why do the subtitles for the Asian students devolve into gibberish? Ah, uh, come on, Tina Fey. The name Glenn Coco is funny. There's no getting around that. Oh, okay. So one of the cliques featured in the film, in the film, is classified as the Desperate Wannabes clique. Members of the clique include a girl who is a little person, and a girl who was in a wheelchair. Well, I guess we know where all of the previously MIA ladies hang out in Girl World. Mystery solved. I also listened to the 2018 original Broadway cast album of Mean Girls. I watched the 2018 Tony Awards performance of Where Do You Belong and Meet the Plastics. And finally, I am pulling from my experience with the January 2020 Broadway in Chicago performance of Mean Girls that I watched and I talked about via our Broadway 
in Chicago series. You can listen to all of those episodes by becoming a $5 a month patron. That's right, patreon.com slash musicalmanpod. But enough plugging for now. I will be plugging the Patreon later. Let us begin our deconstruction of the Mean Girls score. <laughs> yes, with a cautionary tale. Let's do it, Benny. The boys are back in town. Hit it. say I dislike the lyrics Nell Benjamin wrote for this week's subject. The lyrics are fine. They may not be as insightful or funny as the work she produced for Legally Blonde, but I suppose that's what you get when you subtract Lawrence O'Keefe from the equation. Lawrence O'Keefe, very underrated, some special sauce there. The true star of Mean Girls from a writing perspective is Jeff Richmond's music and John Clancy's orchestrations. That is where the show's sparkling and diabolical personality resides, and if any score deserves an old-fashioned overture, it's this one. Well, this is one of them. There are lots of shows that deserve old-fashioned overtures. What we hear at the top of a cautionary tale is not nearly enough to satisfy my appetite. I desire a three-minute experience, not some glorified theme song. Take me on a journey with instrumental versions of Where Do You Belong, Stupid With Love, Apex Predator, and Revenge Party. Woo me, intrigue me, wind me up, get me excited. I am so tired of musical intro that only serve to shut people up. I am no fussy child. I am an adult who believes the Mean Girls score should be shown more respect. A cautionary tale is an odd duck of an opening, and I'm not sure why it exists or what we're supposed to do with it. Why are we breaking the fourth wall via Janice and Damien? Why are we spoiling the fact that someone will be hit by a bus? I understand a lot of people will know that's coming, but other people will not know it's coming. That's a spoiler. I smell 
smell cold feet. I think the team behind this show got clammy, freezer feet on the road to Broadway, and I think they lost faith in their audience. We can't begin in Africa. No one will know what's going on. We should take them by the hand and tell them they're about to hear a story. Damien and Janice can grease the wheels for us. Okay, again, I am not a fussy child who needs direction or instruction. I'm here. I'm ready. Let's go. I'm 16, living in paradise with the lions and birds and stuff. But I'm 16, and it's not enough. I'm alone. I mean, there's mom and dad and the animals we observe. But frankly, they're all on my last nerve. Nobody on the Did you ever get a feeling everybody else is happy? Everybody else has friends, and they're better friends than yours. It's a very recent feeling, but it's running through my body, and it roars. It roars. Binti, we've lost our funding, and we're going to have to go back to the U.S. Maybe I could meet an obese person. It's going to be a difficult adjustment. You'll have to go to a real school. Mom, I would love Chai. Did you ever get a feeling that a whole new world is waiting to bring happiness and friends to the brave girl who explores? It's a scary kind of feeling, but it's so exhilarating how it roars, it roars, it roars. Mean Girls is positively crowded with talent, and Erica Henningsen is leading the charge as Katie. Threading the needle is no easy task when it comes to playing this character. You have to navigate half a dozen hairpin turns without losing the sympathy of your audience, and that journey begins with It Roars. If we do not care about Katie by the end of this number, it's probably never going to happen, which will make forgiving some of her decisions more difficult. Henningsen knows the assignment. Her interpretation of Katie is authentically sunny and endearing. Not only would I follow this kid into battle, I would make her a boxed lunch is what I would do. In other words, mission accomplished, Henningsen. The foundation you build here is a solid one. Should we be worried about Katie's parents' side note? They lost their funding. What is going on with their employment? Are they okay? Carrie Butler is racing to and fro as three separate adults, and we learn almost nothing about any of them, and so I find myself filling in the negative space. I predict Katie's mom gets a little too interested in Sangria while falling down an HGTV rabbit hole. They pulled my funding, Katie. I used to run with the zebras. This trading spaces marathon is all I have now. Where do you belong? Where do you belong? Where do you belong? Where do you belong? 
judged on sight and made to fit. So find a click and stick with it. Say, where do you belong? Let's take a walk around the cafeteria, shall we? I'll show you the world as I see it. Varsity jocks and TV jocks will throw you in a locker if you say hello. The rich stoners hate the gangsta whites, though they're all smoking the same oregano. Here's the sexually active band geeks. I got two words for you, embouchure and ooh. And if you like blowing and fingering, this is the group for you. Back me up, show choir. It needs a punch-up stat. I mean, look at some of these jokes. These jokes have about as much flavor as a communion wafer. Quote, Varsity jocks and JV jocks will throw you in a locker if you say hello. Quote, This may not even be a joke, but it is definitely a lackluster piece of commentary. Oh, you know those jocks. Brutes, the whole lot of them. Quote, the rich stoners hate the gangster whites, though they're all smoking the same oregano. Quote, blah. You can practically envision Gray Henson coasting past all of this nonsense, and I do not blame him at all. Drive right by it without a second glance. Does anyone else feel this number tops out way too early with the appearance of the show choir? If we don't hold off on the choir, they wind up diluting the song's big finish. Strangely, the stage version of the cafeteria scene does not include a desperate wannabes table. Ha! Huh. I guess the movie isn't a timeless cultural object that is beyond re-examination or reproach. Weird how weird how weird. That's Gretchen Wieners. She knows everything about everybody. That's why her hair is so big. It's full of secrets. Yes, Regina, no Regina. Regina, George can stay in power If Regina is the sun Then I'm a disco ball Cause I'm just as bright and fun If you've had alcohol I wear your secrets out And it would bring them to my master Then I watch Regina Make your life a big disaster, disaster. Regina is the queen But I'm the head of worker bees As I am seated at her right hand Like a Jewish princess Jesus, Jesus. That is Karen Smith, the dumbest person you will ever meet. I once saw her put a D in the word orange. My name is Karen. My hair is shiny. My teeth are perfect. My skirt is tiny. It barely covers my perky hiney. That's it. Right. We never really do this, but how'd you like to have lunch with us this week? Oh, it's okay. No, no need for you to thank us. But there's no need to even speak. You're new and you don't know things. You need good friends who can tell you what to think. See you here same time tomorrow. On Wednesdays we wear pink. On Wednesdays.
No, really, say it. Say here's where you be, Mom. Come sit with us tomorrow. It'll be fetch. Taylor Louderman, Ashley Park, and Kate Rockwell are fantastic as Regina, Gretchen, and Karen. When you stop to consider their supreme talents, as well as those of Henningsen and Barrett Wilbert Weed, Broadway's future winds up looking bright and secure. I'm still troubled by the overwhelming whiteness of this cast, but I won't swipe at someone like Louderman, for example, for taking a job. Blame the people behind the table, I say, not those who stand in front of it. This is a stupendous set of performers, and I am grateful for their contributions. Meet the Plastics is fluffy, diverting fun, especially when the Plastics come together for a nice bit of harmonious chaos near the end. Could I do with a little less of the Regina section? Sure. I admire the relish Louderman applies to her material, but I find I'm ready to move on before the song is ready to move on. Karen's solo is derivative of about a thousand pop culture airheads, but Rockwell is going all in, and it is delightful. It would be easy for an actor to sneer at this role from a distance, but Rockwell isn't playing that game. She loves Karen. Karen is a sweet and confident straight shooter, and when you celebrate those qualities, the audience winds up doing the same. Ashley Park is delivering a great performance as well, which is why I feel the need to chide Nell Benjamin in her defense. Benjamin's lyrics are a disservice to Park, to wit, quote, if Regina is the sun, then I'm a disco ball, cause I'm just as bright and fun if you've had alcohol. I worm your secrets out of you and bring them to my master, and then I watch Regina make your life a big disaster. Quote, having Gretchen refer to Regina as her master is a step too far. You know who's playing this part, don't you? Don't you? Do not make Ashley Park say that. These potholes are easily avoided, people.
constantly thank heavens for what's wrong with me. Without this number, the role of Gretchen would not be worth Ashley Park's attention, and the heart of Mean Girls would be one size too small. Gretchen is having an out-of-body experience, and she is not a fan of the person she sees. Who was she? Who is she? Will she ever stand at the controls of her life again? This is a sad, cathartic, satisfying song with some of the strongest lyrics Benjamin has to offer. Quote, Mama called me beautiful. Don't believe her anymore. Now I'm listening to you. What do I do that for? Please don't ignore me. Tell me who we hate today, and I will fall in line. Hug me while my shoulders tense, and we'll pretend we're fine. Quote, This is very good stuff. The line about Gretchen's mom is a kick to the heart, is what it is. Manja manja, I say. too sexy, I thought to question Karen's reference to Quint from Jaws, as it did not seem like the sort of reference a teenager would make in 2018, but then I thought, what the hell do I know about teenagers? Jaws could very well be Karen's favorite movie. One big-ass shark, a ton of scares, beach weather? There's a lot to like. I enjoy people who are very dumb, according to the stories in which they inhabit. Those people are often better, more entertaining, and more interesting than the leads. They float above plot contrivances and conflicts by operating on their own frequency. Frankly, we could all stand to be a little more like Karen. She's a sexy mouse who is having a blast. Stop. When you send five texts and you get none back, so you want to send a six one. Stop. You gotta stop. Stop when you're failing math cause you think it's more attractive to guys if you're stupid. Stop. Do better and stop. I know it's hard but try. Uh, don't instantly gratify. Uh, my God, girl, he's just a guy. Uh, you really need to stop. 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 
mess and then who's gonna get them up? This guy. When you talk and you talk till you can't get calm, it keeps coming out like word vomit. Stop. Eat a cracker and stop. Caddy, we all make bad choices sometimes. Damien, tell her about Philip. At arts camp, I played Lumiere and the Beast, and I had a fling. I'd run my fingers through his hair. Well, Beast, so fur. His second show was Anything Goes, and his co-star was some female thing. And when they kissed, which, by the way, gross, I wanted to murder her, but Noah told me, stop stalking him and that pasty Catholic girl who is playing Hope Hardcore, of course, because basic stop. Stop, stop, stop. I couldn't stop. Do you all things considered, I appreciate how Mean Girls, the musical, acknowledges Damien as a sexual being with a life that exists beyond the drama of his straight friends. He is still very much the helpful gay BFF stereotype, and songs like Stop expose him as a vessel for the shifting priorities of an all-too-adult writing team. But he is also allowed to be a sweaty mess who gets laid. We call that necessary shading in the business, and you will not find it in the movie. I have no idea what's going on with Damien in the movie. That guy is a patchwork of lame signifiers. My advice for either iteration of this character is to stop giving advice to straight people. Straight people do not listen to us because they resent us for being smarter. Let them flop like fish on the boardwalk, Damien. Let them stare into the oncoming headlights, Damien. Let them hoist their own petards, Damien.
I've said it before and I'll say it again, Taylor Louderman is a champion. She was very likely the best element of bringing on the musical, and the fire she brings to Regina could propel a battleship. How has no one cast her as the villain in an animated project? Listen to her rendition of World Burn, and tell me she is not ready to corner that market. Oh, wow, wait a minute, hold on. Louderman is on the Keenan sitcom? I was not aware of this. She played Wendy Darling in Peter Pan Live on NBC. Okay, well, now I'm regretting having never seen Peter Pan Live. I suppose I could track that down. Wait, hold on. She also plays Obnoxious Girl Number 1 in a movie called Shadowland, which IMDb describes as a, quote, taught reinvention of vampire lore. Quote, well, la-di-da. Hey, who am I to question anything? That's all I have to say regarding the Mean Girls score, and now it is time to hear from our fine sponsor, 5678 Coffee. Take it away, 5678. Yes, very good, very good. It is clear that you have learned everything there is to know regarding the process of making Madame's coffee. Very good. Thank you for paying attention to me, Max von Mailing. It is very clear to me that you respect me, and I respect those who respect the process of serving Madame. Okay, it is clear that you know the step-by-step process of making a perfectly curated pitcher of coffee for Madame, but ah, here's something you don't know. When you walk into Madame's bedroom with the silver tray upon which the pitcher of coffee, the perfectly curated pitcher of coffee will be sitting on the silver tray, you will take the silver tray into the bedroom. You will not be going through the left door, you will be going through the right door. You could swing both open, but that would be a terrible mistake. Oh, Madame, Desmond would go into a tornado-like fit. She would scream and wail like the banshees on the moors. No, you will go through the right door. She will not be surprised or thrown off by that. She will be expecting you. Of course, you will have shaved your head so that you look like me, Max von Meiling. She will be wearing her dark rose glasses and the lights will be quite dim. She will not know that you are not me, Max von Meiling. You will go through the right door. You will place the silver tray upon which the PR curated pitcher of coffee, the terrine, the container, the vessel of the coffee. You will place it on the end table next to the master bed. The master bed that is shaped like a, like a Viking ship. And Normal will say, thank you, Max. And you will say, very good, madam. You will say it just like I am doing it right now. Very good, madam. And you will bow slightly. And then you will leave the way you came. You will come through the right door. You will close it. And then just so she knows that it is really me, Max von Meiling, just so she does not suspect that I am on a vacation to Hawaii so that I can get in some sun and vitamin D, have a nice big margarita. She will not know that I am doing this because after you close the right door, after you close it, you do not leave. No, you stay right there. You stay there and you weep. You weep salty tears into your gigantic meaty hands, your big meaty hands that have worked so hard for Madame after all these years. You will weep and you will reflect on the girl she used to be the young 
young woman that you knew once before in the glittering limelight of the Hollywood studio system. You molded her, you put her in front of the camera, and you directed all of her films, and you will think about how the system broke her like a piece of bamboo. She was a shattered girl, and you picked up the pieces, and you took them into the mansion, and now you are the only thing standing between her and chaos, doom and despair. Do you understand me, young man? Do you understand me? This is not some mere presentation. This is not some mere act. We must continue the continuity. Max is always there for her. Max will never leave her. And Max will never die. Okay, I'm getting sweaty and I'm not even on the beach. Okay, you're, so you have the step-by-step instructions. Uh, so two of you go through the right door, put the pitcher, the careen, the carafe, the pureen, the carafe, the terrine on the side in the table next to the Viking boat. Yeah, you leave, madame. Hello, madame. Yes, madame. Yes. Go through the right door. Weep, weep, weep. Okay, so anyway, I got to go. Very good. Have a good day. You can count on me to be back in two weeks. Okay, two weeks. <laughs> got to go. Final thoughts regarding Mean Girls. Okay, if we can cast off the hyper-white expectations that have been placed on this show, I believe Mean Girls could find a comfortable place in the strata of movie-to-musical adaptations. On the flip side, I would completely understand if performers of color had no interest in being a part of this show. The story is not exactly begging to be told. Again and again, there are more interesting stories to review. Performances? Hurrah. Music? Hurrah. Lyrics? Eh. Story? Eh. And if you're not willing to open the gates and re-examine what this show looks like, I have no problem throwing it out with the bathwater. Now, as a reminder, maybe you didn't know this, maybe you're just now joining us for the first time, but in 2018, the winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical was The Band's Visit, and the additional nominees that season were SpongeBob SquarePants, which we have covered on the show, and Frozen. That means there is only one more show in this season of nominees that we have not covered. That show is Frozen. When will we cover it? I have no idea. Right now, I have to focus on ranking Mean Girls against all of the other musicals we have talked about here on The Musical Man. If you want access to our full ranking, our list of shows that have been ranked against each other, all you have to do is go to our Twitter profile. Oh, twitter.com slash musicalmanpod is what it is. Click on our link tree. You can go to all of our various websites, including <laughs> our wonderful spreadsheet. Tab number two is where you're going to find that ranking. It's true. So where does Mean Girls fall on this list? Well, I'm placing it at number 51 between SpongeBob SquarePants, oh, hello again, at number 50, and ah, Kinky Boots at number 52. I have also moved on the 20th century to number 49. That is the other change. That is the one change, I should say, I would like to let you know about, okay? All right. When it comes to show-related ephemera, I did consider pulling audio from the trailer for Mean Girls 2, the direct-to-video sequel to the 2004 film, but that wasn't so much funny as it was bland and dispiriting. Tim Meadows is in that movie. He is in Mean Girls 2. He is back in the saddle again, people. I gotta say, yikes, what is going on? 
it, Tim Meadows. Did you think this was going to be your American Pie franchise? Did you think you were going to play the principal in nine direct-to-video Mean Girls films? Well, I'm sorry to say that did not happen. Instead, we will be listening to audio from a Saturday night live sketch that first aired on May 19th, 2018. The name of the sketch, creatively enough, is Mean Girls. Benny, let's go. Writing the Mean Girls musical has been a dream come true. The only awkward thing is that people keep coming up to me saying, like, why aren't you in it? And when are you going to be in it? Just the other day, Cecily Strong said, girl, you must be in it. Oh, what I said was, girl, you must be in it. Like, meaning you must be really busy. She high-fived me really hard after, so it was clear she misunderstood. I don't think anyone really expected Tina to be in the show. She's not really loud enough and she has a really small head. Okay, guys, so today we're going to put Tina into the show. Guys, I am so excited for all of us, and my friends Adie and Cecily are here today to support me because this was basically their idea. Oh, oh no. no. I, I was told it was a baby shower. So I'm just gonna shadow you guys and sort of see what part it might be fun for the audience to see me do for like a week or so. Uh, one matinee, that's what we agreed to. All right, let me ask you guys this. What kind of vibrato do you think I should use? What do you mean? Well, I noticed some people go very straight tone, like Broadway. But my vibrato is naturally a lot wider, like happy birthday. So this is kind of a Gretchen goes to the mall look. Like Gretchen? Oh, yeah, yeah, you look great. Yeah, is maybe is the wig big? Yeah, I'm just not sure you're passing as a teenager. Also, I'm not going to be able to dance in these shoes. I'm going to need the kind of shoes I wear in real life. They can only be ordered in the back of Parade magazine. They have copper in them, and they're called Sunset Steppers, and they also have a little pouch that holds your pills. But ultimately, I realized that Broadway is hard, and the people who do it are super talented. Maybe it's okay if I can't be like Lin-Manuel and jam myself into my show whether people like it or not. Okay, you know what? She just made the book. <laughs> Let me tell you about this tiny-headed bitch named Tina. Lin-Manuel Miranda's moment at the end of this sketch elicited some empathy from me for the anti-Lin-Manuel Miranda crowd. I could never see myself siding with them outright, but yeah, this is too much. This is a little bit too much. And is it unfair to say Tina Fey's hopeless excuse for a human being shtick reads about as hollow as the brand of kindness Ellen is always pushing? I'm over it myself. Oh, I'm not. I'm not one of those glamorous ladies. I'm the wreck of the Fitzgerald of women. I own 13 orthopedic sun hats and my spirit animal is a leftover cheesecake. Wah, wah, wah. You're a millionaire, Tina. It's okay to pivot. To determine which show we discuss next, we will need to take a ride on the musical carousel, otherwise known as the random number generator I named after that classic Rogers and Hammerstein show. Go Peaches! A League of Their Own musical! That's Go Peaches! With an exclamation point, and then League of Their Own is in quotes. So, it's Go Peaches! A League of Their Own musical. I just wanted to let you know about the formatting. Everyone ready? Then away we go!
Well, 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 okay, this is a big one, people. This is a big one. This was the 2016 winner of the Tony Award for Best Musical. It had logged 1,919 performances as of March 15th, 2020. Oh my God, you know what it is. It's Hamilton. Speak of the devil in Manuel Miranda. I invoked your name and you came up behind me and you bit me on the neck. Ah! <laughs> this episode will drop July 21st. I want to focus on our next episode of Turn It Off, and then I'm going to take a week off because I'm starting a brand new day job. I have to focus my energies on that brand new day job. But rest assured, our Hamilton episode will drop in the main feed on July 21st. We will be releasing, in the interim period, free samples from the Patreon feed on July 7th and July 14th. Okay, so you're going to get some free samples from the Patreon feed. That's fun. Go to patreon.com slash musicalmanpod to find out how you can support the show financially. As a reminder, 100% of every monthly payout is donated to the Black Lives Matter organization. You can donate $1, 3 5 or $10 a month. If you donate $1 a month, you get Monday early access to all of our main feed episodes. So I told you that that Hamilton episode, for example, is going to drop just July 21st on a Wednesday, but ah, $1 a month patrons will get it on a Monday is what they will. That's a good example. Verbal shoutouts. You get a verbal shoutout each and every week for donating $1 a month. Thank you so much for donating at least $1 a month. Jason, Jack, Vitor, Sydney, Katie, Elena, Anton, Ross, HJG, Jared, Eli, David, Dave, Christopher, Neil, Brian, Robin, Liz, Carrie, Maddie, Jonathan, Marcus, Rob, Shauna, Shiante, Roberto, Jordan, Ashley, Chris, JC, Jenna, Aaron, Lily, Haley, Brandon, Brad, Matt, Zach, and Marisol. Thank you to all of you wonderful people. You also get 13 bonus episodes covering the 73rd Annual Tony Awards, the trailer for the film Cats, ABC's The Little Mermaid Live, a review of the film Cats, a review of the stage musical Emma, Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration, Hamilton via Disney+, Plus, Documentary Now, Original Cast Album, Co-op, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, Jingle Jam, a Christmas Journey, Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, Arlo the Alligator Boy, and the trailer for Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. But we're not done yet. No, no, no. If you donate at least $1 a month, you also get Season 1, 12 episodes of Radio Boy. That is a special show for which I check in with myself via the songs that make me feel more like myself. Non-musical theater songs, that's right. You also get all eight episodes of M3, the movie musical man. We have produced produced eight episodes, and that show will be returning to the Patreon feed at the end of July. Here are the movie musicals that we have talked about via this show. Every episode covers a trilogy of movie musicals that are tied by a common theme. Here are all of the movies we have covered. The Wizard of Oz, Singing in the Rain, The Umbrellas of Shabur, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, The Last Five Years, Stuck, The Pirate, The Pirate Movie, Muppet Treasure Island, Gay Paris, Anastasia, Ugly Dolls, Scrooge, Mrs. Santa Claus, Anna and the Apocalypse, Phantom of the Paradise, Voyage of the Rock Aliens, Camp Rock, Star, The Greatest Showman, Rocket Man, Mary Poppins, The Happiest Millionaire, and Charlotte's Web. Okay, let's move up one tier to the $3 a month tier. You get everything I've already described. If you donate $3 a month, you get everything from the $1 a month tier, plus a musical shout-out in the style of a character, actor, or composer of your choosing. You also get Season 1, 10 episodes of Wildcats Everywhere, 
the High School Musical Podcast, and a special episode all about Season 1 of Julie and the Phantoms. When are we getting Season 2 is my question. $5 a month. Okay, you get everything I've already described, but you also get to stop the musical carousel and determine what show, what musical I discuss here on the podcast. If we haven't already talked about it and it was nominated for the Tony Award for Best Musical, it is fair game, baby. You also get All I Ask of You, Seasons 1 and 2. That's 24 episodes of an advice show hosted by the Phantom of the Opera. You get our Broadway and Chicago review series, uh, the aforementioned series, and Volumes 1 and 2 of Shout About It. Those are collections of 5, 6, 7, 8 coffee ads and, oh, musical shoutouts, that's right, from the first 50 episodes of the podcast. Finally, if you donate $10 a month, if you top out, you get everything I've already described, plus exclusive announcements regarding future subjects of the main feed. You get season one, 12 episodes of The Snub Club, which is dedicated to musicals. That was snubbed in regards to the Tony Award for Best Musical. And you also get Turn It Off, our special series dedicated to off-Broadway musicals. We have already talked about Emojiland, Soft Power, The Fantastics, We Are the Tigers, and Bad Boy. And we are bringing the first half of this series to a close with coverage of A Strange Loop. That episode is going to drop next week. It's true. If you're listening to the show via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, please take a moment to write a five-star review. We have 50 five-star reviews. We want 60 five-star reviews. And once we get to that point, we will release that, ooh, that ever-elusive episode about Disney's Zombies franchise. You can stream the show via Spotify, Stitcher, Audible, or Podbean, musicalmanpod.podbean.com. Follow us on Twitter at musicalmanpod and email me at musicalmanpod at gmail.com. Thanks as always to Patty. Oh my gosh, Patty, please return to us safe and sound. Thank you to Benny. Oh, I love you, Benny. The boys, we're back in town once more. Thank you to Alex Green for our beautiful logo and Zach Little for our fabulous music. Oh, you know what that sound means, though? Uh-oh. Yes, just when the fun is starting comes the time for parting. Oh, well, we'll catch up some other time, specifically on the next episode of The Musical Man. So long, farewell, off Wiedersehen, and good night.